0: When I was doing my Step 8, I made my list, and then I presented it to my sponsor. He only looked at it enough just to say, okay, there's a list. And he asked me just one simple question. Are you willing to make amends to everyone on this list? And I hesitated. And he's like, okay, so who on that list are you not willing to make amends to?
1: Has your marriage been shattered by sexual betrayal? Are you wondering if it's possible to save your marriage? Or even if you want to?
0: Your story matters and there is hope for your marriage through Christ Jesus. Welcome to Beyond Broken Vows podcast. I'm Johnny. I'm Emily. And friends, we've been where you are.
1: Our marriage vows were shattered by adultery fueled by pornography, but through commitment to recovery, our faith in God, and our hope for redemption, we set out on a journey of healing. Now our marriage is better than we ever could have imagined, and we give God all
0: the glory. On our show, we'll talk through difficult topics, infidelity, Porn addiction, recovery, and more. So if you're ready to move from pain-filled todays into hope-filled tomorrows, grab your favorite beverage and spend a little time with us.
1: Marriage is redeemed. Hearts renewed. On Beyond Broken Vows Podcast.
0: Hello everybody and welcome back to Beyond Broken Vows Podcast.
1: Yes, we're so glad to have you with us again this week.
0: So Emily, we were talking earlier about how quickly things can change. You want to elaborate on that for our audience?
1: Sure. Last week was a full week. Yes. We had a Arctic cold front with freezing temperatures for days on end, seemingly. I think it was only like five days. But we had our daughter and her family here. So we had three grandkids here. And that is a lot of fun, but it's a lot of people. And they left. And the next day, I was coming home and trying to get in the driveway. And the trash cart was in the way. So, of course, I stopped the car out in the street, walk over to it, try to pick it up and push it out of my way. All of a sudden, I guess I slipped or stepped on the lid or something, and the next thing I knew, I had hit my chin on the edge and it snapped my head back and then I found myself inside the trash can.
0: (laughs) Oh, not good.
1: I was laid flat out, halfway in the trash can and the other half laying out on the lid. So it was um, very shocking. I was very shook up for a while. Right. And you weren't home. So I had to finally make my way back to my car and back in through the gate and into the house and then call you and say, come home. I need you.
0: <laughs> right. Right. You were telling me another part of it was that there was one of those moments where you like, did anybody see that?
1: actually pretty hysterical. And I kind of wish I had a video of it because I might make some money on America's Funniest Home Videos. (laughs) I'm sure it looked so funny, but it wasn't funny. It hurt a lot. And so I'm still kind of sore, you know, with some bumps and bruises, but nothing major. But it just made me realize something that I had realized early on in our recovery. Things can happen so fast. Life can turn on a dime. And I might not be here, or you might not be here. And it reminded me, when I was very angry a lot and nursing some (laughs) mad-ons that I would get after having a trigger or something like that, I thought to myself, what would I do if suddenly I got a call that you had been in an accident and were at the hospital? Well, I would throw off that anger and those resentments immediately. And I would rush to your side, concerned about you and not wanting to lose you. And so that incident last week brought all that back to mind because life is fragile. It's precious.
0: In life, things are going to come along that will make you angry with somebody else. And you're going to feel that you have every right to be angry. But I suppose what I hear you saying is, is it worth it? And how long do I hold on to that?
1: Exactly. I mean, you did have a motorcycle accident last year. I did. And it could have been a whole lot worse than it was.
0: Yes, that's true.
1: And there have been some incidents where I've come close to being taken home to Jesus. And it's one of those things that just makes you realize life is too short. It can change so fast. And with those that you love, it's really important to make things right.
0: Emily, I agree completely. So, as we get into the content for today, Emily, we're going to be talking about recovery step eight. And so, I'm looking forward to getting into this step because it's another getting ready step. After we've been through the previous four steps of four, five, six, and seven, this one's really about starting to move forward to what the rest of your life is going to look like on an everyday basis. Oh, great.
1: Well, before we do that, though, let's go ahead and share this five star review that we have from Kim Stewart. At Book Marketing Mania. And she titles this review, Your Marriage Needs This Show. And I agree, actually. (laughs) (laughs) And she also says, Thanks, Emily and Johnny, for bringing the messy parts of marriage to light and sharing how God can see us through it all. Thank you so much, Kim, for that wonderful five star review. It really helps us to reach more people around the world when we get those reviews. And another way that you all can connect with us is to get on our mailing list. We do send out a weekly newsletter with inspiring stories, helpful marriage tips, podcast previews, and exclusive access to giveaways and promotions. So just head on over to insider.beyondbrokenvows.com and sign up today.
0: Also, if you want to leave us a question, comment, or prayer request, you can email us at support at beyondbrokenvows.com, or you can go to speakpipe.com beyondbrokenvows to leave us a voice message. You can do it anonymously if you wish. And as usual, you can find all of these links in our show notes.
1: So, hey, friends, the fear that you're never going to get over the pain of betrayal and that your marriage will never be what you had hoped for can be so real.
0: You're feeling stuck not knowing how to fix your marriage, devastated by your destructive behaviors.
1: We know you're asking yourself questions like, can I forgive his betrayal and ever trust him again?
0: Is there any chance that I can move beyond my persistent sexual integrity issues to become the man that I started out to be? Is there hope for our marriage? Is connection and true intimacy even possible?
1: These are questions that we asked ourselves when infidelity fueled by pornography shattered our marriage.
0: We want you to know that you are not alone and that there is hope. Every couple that has experienced a shattered marriage through sexual betrayal has felt what you are feeling now.
1: Every great redemption story starts with surrender. You're tired of trying to do this on your own and you know that you need to give it all over to God and start moving forward but you just don't know how or where to start. You're ready to say, I don't want to live in this pain anymore.
0: I don't want to hurt my spouse anymore. I'm done with fear. I'm done with passivity.
1: I'm going to step forward in faith and declare that with help, God can lead me on a path of forgiveness and recovery to a marriage full of connection and true intimacy.
0: We want you to say yes. Today is the day. So go right now to coaching.beyondbrokenvows.com With a shared experience and a marriage that did not just survive, but is thriving, we want to come alongside you and do this together.
1: With God in the center, you'll find the healing and restoration you're searching for. So let's do this. Go right now to coaching.beyondbrokenvows.com. That's coaching.beyondbrokenvows.com.
0: So, Emily, as we move into today's content, I just wanted to say that we're even doing this podcast because I did harm to you and to others. And I had to come to understand what I had done and become willing to make that right. There are going to be all kinds of occasions like that in our lives. And I think about something most recently where I was in the kitchen at the church just talking with a couple of fellows, and I started running my mouth off. And I didn't realize in the moment how inconsiderate I was being of the present company. And later that day, the Holy Spirit really said, Johnny, you know, you could have done that better. And I got on the phone right away to the primary one that I felt that I was being insensitive to. I placed a phone call. He didn't answer the phone. I had to leave a voicemail and then move on. But later in the week, he did call me back and I apologized to him and let him know that my comments were very insensitive. I apologized for them and I asked him to forgive me. And he was very gracious. He did understand what I was speaking of, and he understood that they were very insensitive. And he offered a few kind words to me and then prayed for me. Then we both moved forward from there. You know, and when we saw each other the following Sunday at church, it was like there was nothing that was wrong between us. Well, I guess because
1: there wasn't anymore. No. And that came out so easily, didn't it? It was a story you were telling. So you weren't complaining or just grousing about something. You were telling a story. That's correct. Kind of a fun story. Yep. And just the way you portrayed some of the people in that story could have been insensitive.
0: Absolutely. And the most important thing was recognizing that you could have harmed somebody and then become willing to go back to them and make it right, which is going to be at the heart of what today's discussion is all about. And I'm going to go ahead and read what the Green Book has to say with regard to Step 8.
1: Okay, that sounds good. I'm ready.
0: With Step 8, we begin to take responsibility for the harm we inflicted on others when we acted on our character defects. Most of us know that we caused harm in one way or another, but in the past we chose to feel guilty without doing anything about it. It was frightening to consider the consequences of our wrongs, and we felt helpless to take action. Or, we were too self-absorbed to notice the wreckage in our wake. So wrapped up in our own resentments and hurts that we were unwilling to recognize our part of the problem. However, as we progress in recovery, we seek to reclaim the truth about our actions. Working steps four through seven helps our responsibilities become clear. In step eight, we claim both our integrity and our compassion and become willing to free ourselves from the guilt that we have carried. The harm we have done to others can take many forms. We may have harmed people sexually or physically, or hurt them verbally or emotionally. Harm may have resulted from our actions or what we failed to do. The degree of our harm could vary from our being inconsiderate or neglectful to outright abuse. We list anyone we have harmed in any of these ways. Many of us include details in our lists, such as when we hurt the person, what we did to cause harm, What harm resulted? Listing these specific details helps us take responsibility for our actions in a concrete way. We have found that when we hold on to old grievances, we are prevented from growing spiritually. In many cases, our list contains names of people with whom we have unfinished business. If our life is full of these unfinished conversations, our mind is filled with regrets and what ifs. Working these steps means finding the willingness to bring resolution to these relationships, regardless of whether or not those involved behaved rightly toward us. This process of becoming willing to make amends involves a deeper surrender to our higher power's will than we have ever known before. So, Emily, let's go ahead and pray before we go any further. Okay, great. Father, thank you so much for this beautiful day. Thank you, Lord, that we can come before you and talk about what it means to make things right with those that we have harmed. This is a very humbling step, but you have so faithfully and gently and gracefully brought us to this point through working all the steps up till now. We're looking forward, Father, to making these relationships right. First, so that we can have peace with men. Second, so that we can have peace with ourselves and live a life from here on out with peace with you. Thank you, Father, that we're given this opportunity to be humble, not just before you, but before our fellow man. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Thank you for praying, honey. Let's go ahead and dive into step eight now of the Sex Addicts Anonymous Recovery Program. What does this step say?
0: Step eight says, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all.
1: Okay, that's an interesting word, amends. You don't often hear that word in our
0: everyday language. No, we don't use that all the time. And I think that almost exclusively when we say amends, people automatically jump to 12-step. Oh, okay. Where else do we use this word on an everyday basis? Right. So what does it mean? Emily, we have a definition of the word amends. And from the dictionary, it reads, to change or modify for the better. And in this case, we're speaking of our relationships.
1: Okay, so who goes on this list?
0: So the first person that goes on this list should be your spouse if you're married, because you want to make sure that you get them on that list and that you put a high priority on mending that relationship. I agree. And then next is going to be your family. Did you choose to tell your kids in the process then you should most certainly be making amends to them. But even if you didn't include your kids in the beginning and let them know about the addiction and about infidelity or pornography use, this would be a good time to let them in. Because now you have done all the hard work to understand what went wrong. Mm -hmm. So you would have something concrete to be able to share with them about what got you to this point and how you intend to be a better father from this point on. Mm, right. And from immediate family, you would start moving outward towards your extended family. This could be your parents. This could be siblings. This could be aunts, uncles, cousins. These are anybody that that is close to you. Then there's your friends, and you're going to have your friends. Then you're going to have acquaintances and next, your coworkers. Your co-workers are ones you spend a lot of time with, depending on the job that you hold. And then you're going to try to include anybody else that you can think of that you harmed in your addiction. And then the last one to round out that list is yourself. Certainly not the least of it, but you need to include yourself when you go to make the amends and you say things like, I am not that man anymore. This is the work that I've done, and I promise you, i.e. yourself, that I'm not going to live like that anymore. I will not be that man anymore.
1: That's good. And Johnny, while we were putting this episode together, you had shared some thoughts with me that you had had in regard to step eight. Can you share those with us now?
0: Yes. So the first thought that I had is step eight is only making a list of the people that you had harmed and becoming willing to make amends to everyone on that list. So two simple processes, make a list and become willing. The second thought I had is that this is the first step in taking responsibility for our actions in a practical way. And the practical part of it is making a list.
1: Yeah, I think doing something practical can really cement the work in.
0: Absolutely. You think about making a list of those that you harmed and the thought that has to go into that. In order to bring these names into your mind, you have to have an understanding of what you've done and how you've harmed them.
1: It's always good to put something into practice instead of it all just being cerebral. You know, we can think all kinds of thoughts and all kinds of intentions, but until we do something practical, something tactical and concrete, it really doesn't move us anywhere.
0: Right. Putting the brain-body function together. We can think it, but if we say it, it has more power. And if we think it and write it down, it has more power and more meaning. Mm -hmm. The next thought I had is that this step takes our defects of character from step four and the exact nature of our wrongs in step five, and it connects them to the people that we've harmed.
1: Yeah, okay, that's good. Because those steps that you take in four and five can seem pretty heavy, and you're listing all the terrible things about yourself. Right. Right. But when you connect it to the people that you've harmed and knowing that you are different now, that can probably be a little bit encouraging, I would think.
0: Absolutely, because those steps are really very introspective. You're really taking inventory of yourself. But because we're connecting them to the people now that we have harmed, this moves us into empathy, which takes me to my last thought, is that empathy for those that we have harmed is a sign of our willingness to make amends. Again, that's part of this step eight is becoming willing. Mm-hmm. And when we feel that empathy, when we start to feel the pain that we have caused somebody else, inside of that is an inherent willingness to go make that better.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. So you also came up with four questions to ask yourself when making your list.
0: Yes, I do have four questions. And these are very simple and very practical. The first question to ask yourself is, who did I harm? you come up with that name and you put them down on the list. The next question that you ask yourself is, how did I harm them exactly? And if you can pinpoint how you believe you harmed them, then you might want to make a note of that. When you go to make the amends, which we'll talk about in step nine, you'll have something to work off of. Question three is, what character defect or defects were involved in the wrong that I had caused that person? If you can understand and pinpoint what that is, maybe make a note of that as well for that particular person. And then question number four, am I willing to make amends to this person? This is a really good question to ask yourself, by the way, because if you're not willing, then maybe you're not ready to talk to that person. But remember, you're making a list of those that you harmed And you have to become willing to make amends to them. So because you are not necessarily willing to make amends to one person doesn't mean that you should scuttle your whole list and not move on with making amends to others. The process will get easier as you go forward. And each time you do make an amends you will likely find some more insight that might bring you to a place where you are willing to make amends to that person that you were previously unwilling to make amends to. So don't get discouraged in the process, but it's good to be honest. If you're not willing to make amends to that person, then maybe you need to take a couple of steps backwards and ask yourself why. Why is it that you're unwilling? Is there a fear involved? Is there embarrassment? Are you intimidated? By all of that, and just try to figure out what happened.
1: Yeah, and every person is different, every situation is different. And you may find out through all the steps in your recovery that you had viewed that situation incorrectly, and maybe you don't owe that person an amends.
0: Right, absolutely. When I was doing my step eight, I made my list and then I presented it to my sponsor. He only looked at it enough just to say, Okay, there's a list. And he asked me just one simple question are you willing to make amends to everyone on this list? And I hesitated. And he's like, okay, so who on that list are you not willing to make amends to? I thought to myself, no, I'm I'm willing. So I said to him, I am willing to make amends to everyone on this list. And he's like, okay, I just wanted to check with you because you hesitated when I asked you. I was really grateful that he took that opportunity to question me on that.
1: Sure, and maybe you were just hesitating because it's probably a pretty scary concept to have to make amends to a whole list of people.
0: It is, especially if your list gets longer than like three or four, five people. You start to see the wreckage in the wake of your behaviors, and you're like, wow, this could be enormous. And then you start thinking about the individual people, and you could be intimidated about just talking to them.
1: Yeah, so it takes a lot of bravery and courage to do this.
0: Emily, you couldn't have said it better. Just humbling yourself and asking God to remove your shortcomings is a very humble step, but to go before another person. We're learning how to trust God as our higher power. And if we've gotten this far, there's a trust that's been built. But we now have to go to the individuals that we know that we've harmed And there may not be any trust built up there, but we have to go do it anyway.
1: Yeah, and it's not about the outcome because that person may not respond well. They may not respond at all, and they may not want to be in relationship anymore. But it's really the act of obedience of you going to try to make those amends that is what counts.
0: That's correct. It is all about you being willing to do it and being willing to carry it out.
1: That's great, Johnny. So, here's the word. We get it from Matthew five twenty three through 24 a and I'm going to read it out of the message version. It says, This is how I want you to conduct yourself in these matters. If you enter your place of worship and, about to make an offering, you suddenly remember a grudge a friend has against you. Abandon your offering. Leave immediately and go to this friend and make things right.
0: Emily, this is such a great passage because it doesn't specifically talk about the nature of the wrong or what you have done wrong to this person. It's in recognizing in that moment you know that you've done harm to somebody else and stopping right where you are and going to make it right. This passage also makes it very clear that God would rather have you go and make it right with another person before you bring him an empty offering, devoid of any real meaning or any power, or of any humility.
1: Mm,
0: Right. So here's the hope for today. When we become willing to repair our relationships and act on that willingness decisively and with courage, we find a peace that makes no sense and a freedom that cannot be taken away. With that thought, Emily, would you close us in prayer?
1: Yes, I will. Heavenly Father, Thank you so much for helping us to learn humility, helping us to learn how to walk this out in a practical way. We really want to be the kind of people who do stop and make things right. Father, we can all make amends for the things that we do wrong. And you are a God of relationship. You want us to be in relationship with others, and you want those relationships to be healthy. And you give us everything that we need to do that. It's just really hard sometimes to be humble and to have the courage to step out and be the one to make it right. So Father, ask that you would give us that courage today, that you would give us the willingness to make amends to those we harm. And I thank you for tools and programs like Sex Addicts Anonymous that can help make it easier to do. We give you the glory and honor for all the help that you give us to live this life and walk in freedom. And we pray this in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Amen. So in our show notes, we have a link to a questionnaire that will help you determine for yourself whether you're a sex addict.
1: Yes, and we also encourage you to protect all of your devices. And we like the company Covenant Eyes. This is a great tool for protecting yourself and your family from the harmful parts of the internet and an important step to showing trustworthiness to your spouse and family. So use our promo code BBV. It stands for Beyond Broken Vows. Code BBV to get 30 days free. That's a website purchase only, and you can find that link in the show notes.
0: If you're currently in Sex Addicts Anonymous, keep in contact with your sponsor. And if you are not currently engaged in a recovery program and need some help moving forward, book a coaching call with me at coaching.beyondbrokenvows.com, and I can help you get started.
1: Johnny, did you have a wrap-up thought for us today?
0: I do just a few closing comments from the green book. It says, now that we have been honest about the harm that we have caused and become willing to do what we can to make amends, it is time to take action and we are ready to move on to step nine. Awesome. So until next time,
1: marriage is redeemed.
0: Hearts Renewed on Beyond Broken Vows podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. And before you go, if this podcast encouraged you and you're feeling some hope for today, please share this show with someone else you know who is going through a similar situation and needs to know that they're not alone. One of the best ways that you can help us reach more people is to leave us a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. And as always, we would love to hear from you with questions and comments. Just email us at support at beyondbrokenvows.com. As you walk out this journey one day at a time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.